Alaska lost one of its most ferocious political advocates last week with the abrupt death of Representative Don Young. The longest-serving Republican in history, Young represented the state for nearly 50 years in Congress. Young built a reputation as a staunch supporter of developing the natural resources of Alaska while also picking legendary fights with environmentalists and some members of Congress. We'll discuss Don Young's Alaska legacy and the way forward for the state today on Talk of Alaska. Talk of Alaska is brought to you in part by your local public radio station. The COVID-19 pandemic has created unexpected financial hardship for many Alaskans. Do you need help paying your mortgage? You are not alone. Now there is help. If you own a home, you may be eligible for Alaska Housing Homeowner Relief. The program may help cover mortgage payments, property taxes, utilities, insurance premiums, and homeowner association dues. The last day to apply is Monday, April 4th. Learn more and sign up at alaskahousingrelief.org. This message sponsored by Alaska Housing Finance Corporation. The views expressed on this program are those of the participants and not necessarily those of Alaska Public Media, this station, or its underwriters. Hello, it's Talk of Alaska. I'm Lori Townsend. Representative Don Young will lie in state one week from today in Statuary Hall, the former historic House chamber. Representative Jared Huffman, a California Democrat, says it is a high and befitting honor. It's a place of great distinction. And so the fact that Don will be lying in state there is is a real honor and a tribute that I think he deserves. A Democrat making those comments is an indication of the respect the congressman had on both sides of the aisle. Representative Young's legacy in Congress and here in Alaska is difficult to sum up. An hour is not enough time to discuss a nearly five-decade career. But over the course of the next hour, we're inviting Alaskans to share their stories, and we'll hear from his congressional colleagues on what made him such an effective, if occasionally controversial, statesman. Joining me today to discuss Representative Young is Liz Ruskin, Alaska Public Media's Washington correspondent who has covered the representative on and off for more than 20 years. Hi, Liz. Hey, Lori. Good to be here. And it's kind of historic that uh, we have you in the studio after two plus years of no in-studio guests. So. I, I, I'm happy to be here, although I feel I am at home and not necessarily a <laughs> You're guest. You're not a guest. That's true. <laughs> okay. That, maybe it doesn't count then. Also joining us on the phone is Michael Carey, former editorial page editor of the Anchorage Daily News. Michael, thanks for being with us. Glad to be here. You can also join our conversation, Alaskans. Is there a particular memory of Don Young you'd like to share? Did he help your family with a specific issue? Or did you witness a political dust-up involving the late congressman that sticks in your memory? You can give us a call statewide as soon as I can find the numbers. 1-800-478-8255 is the number statewide. 1-800-478-8255. If you're in Anchorage, the local number is 550-8422. And you can also email us, talk at alaskapublic.org. Let's start out by hearing a very succinct bio about Don Young from Mr. Young himself. Here he recalls how he first came to Alaska during a speech in 2017. I was raised on a ranch um, where it was very hot. My father believed in working you early in your life. And I used to dream someplace cold. (laughs) No snakes and no poison oak. 
after I got out of the military in my service, I came home, my dad had passed away, and I told my mother, I'm going to Alaska, 1959. I said, I'm going to go up and drive dogs. I am going to catch fur, and I'm going to mine gold. I went to Port Yukon, Alaska, and that's about as far as ways as you can get, by the way. Port Yukon, Alaska, 60 below zero, really cold, which I loved. I was able to take and drive my dogs and mine gold, and I was successful in all those things. Uh, good trapper. You don't mention that today. Um, I think a very good gold miner. Uh, I went out and found a 122-pound gold nugget on the Yukon River. It was my Athabascan wife. He is, of course, referring there to his first wife, Lou, who died in 2009. Liz, start us off. Young represented Alaska, the 49th state, for 49 years. How did he first get uh, into office? Oh, I did want to say one thing about that clip, which uh, came from something I recorded in 2017, that we did have to clean it up just a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Some more off-color comments in there beforehand. You know, and and what's interesting when when you start describing his career is the fact that this is sort of like a full circle. He won a special election in 73. Now there will be a special election to replace him. So start us off and tell us about this career of Mr. Young. Yeah, he uh, ran against, he w- he was a state legislator, a state senator, um, and he ran against Nick Baggage, Congressman Nick Baggage, um, and uh, he lost. That was in the fall. Uh, in October, in October, a few weeks before the election, of course, um, Nick Baggage's plane disappeared with uh, Majority Leader Hale Boggs on board and uh, staffer, pilot, um, so uh, Don Young lost that election to a dead man, as he always was told and repeated that himself. And he said, yeah, that, that hurt his feelings. He had to live that down for years. That's not, you know, he had to win an election to get in office. That happened in March of 1973, and he, he won that election. That's how he got in. When did you first uh, start covering him? Well, um as a journalism student, I went to Washington and did some reporting. Um, I recall reporting on uh, some fish controversies that were going on in the House Resources Committee. And um, I know that his aides brought me in to talk to him, which was, you know, an awesome experience for anyone, but especially, you know, a young person, a student, the office, the man. It was, you know, um, a bit intimidating, but also, um, you know, it was just a privilege to be there. And I'm saying this because I saw over the years, I saw interns and groups of students come in and have some time with him. And I just remember how, uh, what an experience it is when you're not used to used to that. And he, you know, he, his office was spectacular. He put on quite a show. He'd usually, you know, spout some, some gruff comments. And so they felt like they were getting the, the real deal. If you're just joining us, this is Talk of Alaska, and today we are discussing the legacy of Congressman Don Young. You can join our conversation if you have stories you'd like to share, 
about the congressman's legacy, 1-800-478-8255 is the number statewide. That's 1-800-478-8255. In Anchorage, the local number is 550-8422, 550-8422. You can also email us, talk at alaskapublic.org. In the studio with me is Liz Ruskin, Alaska Public Media's Washington, D.C. correspondent. And on the phone is Michael Carey, former editorial page editor of the Anchorage Daily News. Michael, what will you remember most about Don Young? You've written about him a lot through the years. We'll talk about some of that. But what will you? What stands out to you? Well, I think um, what's really striking to me is there were many Don Youngs. Now, I know it's true to say uh, of anyone, nobody's the same person 24 hours a day. But if you look at his career, it was so long. There was like young new congressman trying to get into place in 1973. There was the, even the 10-year veteran who was in the minority all the time for the first part of his career. Um, the, Dem- the Republicans were in the minority, and Don was in the minority. He had to figure out ways to get bills through the House, um, and that's when he really was working with, Republic- uh, with Democrats. Then it was later after Newt Gingrich came in and, and shook things up and the place became more partisan, and then um, there was the period when uh, the... Basically, the whole country went to war with earmarks and pork barrel spending, which Don, of course, proved of heartily, bringing home the bacon. So there are many Don Youngs. I just add this. The, the first time I was aware of him, just to give you some historical perspective, in 1966, I was about to be a college senior, and I voted in the 1966 primary election. Don Young was on the state ballot for the first time that time and won a legislative district in Fairbanks, which was a big multi-member district. That's how long Don Young and the many incarnations of Don Young have been around. It's remarkable by any standard in American history. Absolutely. As Tom Kazaya wrote in the Anchorage Daily News obit of Mr. Young, Young was politically incorrect before it became politically correct for certain Republicans to be politically incorrect. Michael, uh, based on the comments you were just making, what do you think about that? Well, it's absolutely true. I guess you could look at it this way. Don Young spoke his mind, and I know he spoke his mind over the telephone. The frank and open discussions we had were frequently him yelling at me. So I I knew uh, when he felt strongly about things, and uh, people made fun of him uh, misusing the English language, as in Blatterdash, for example, or talking about Privilov's dog when he was talking about Pavlov's dog. But his constituents always forgave him for that. And I just want to add one thing here. There were, in politics, people will always assume the worst about you if they disapprove of you or don't like you or want to see you defeated. People thought Don Young, some people and some Democrats and some others felt Don Young was dumb. He was not dumb. He did not have a Harvard education, but he was a very shrewd, able man, and he was a relentless campaigner. Um, I didn't always agree with he did, and he, I think he, he was way too beholding to lobbyists, especially late in his life. But it, it's, it's false to think of him as anything but a very shrewd politician. one 800 is the number statewide if you'd like to join our conversation today as we're reflecting on the career of the late Congressman Don Young. 1-800-478-8255. In Anchorage, the local number is 
855-850-8422. You can also email us, talk at alaskapublic.org. Liz, you tweeted out a photo of the view from the hallway into his office where you could see a huge bearskin hanging on the wall. Describe the congressman's office in Washington. You were talking a little bit about, you know, just going there as a student. And are there other congressional members who have similar grand displays in in their offices? Uh, Well, I don't think there was anything like his office. Uh, You know, he was an avid hunter. he had a persona, a lot of politicians do, but his was um, really on display on those walls. Um, there were a, a lot of animal mounts. There was the giant bearskin rug that uh, bearskin that you could see from the uh, hallway of of the Rayburn Building, um, and um, as I've said in the tweet that people used to, you know, sometimes I'd be in the waiting room waiting to go in to talk to him. And you could see people walk down the hallway and then take a few steps back <laughs> and go, wow, what's that? Some, you know, usually the rug, the, the skin, bear skin caught their attention. But uh, there were other things in the office, too. But, you know, there was a lot of kind of slack jaws there in the hallway and people would come in and have their pictures taken. And if uh, the congressman were there, he'd show a few more other things that weren't always obvious. There was a chunk of the pipeline. There was um, a a whole rack of uh, baseball caps, you know, um, trucker caps that uh, people had dropped off. There were so many animal mounts of animals that I wasn't even sure what they were. Some of them were African animals, I think. There were weapons on the walls. There, there was artwork. There were totem poles. There were carvings. There were uh, photographs of him with uh, presidents. Um, it was a lot to take in. A big history all displayed in his office. Yeah, it was a museum. And did it really stand out? compared to other offices? Well, as far as I know, I've walked, you know, I had the hallway, I have the hallway view of lots of offices. I see a flag. I, you know, sometimes see some posters, some artwork. Um, But yeah, there was nothing quite like that. All right. Let's go to the phones. Senator Josh Revac is on the phone. Senator Revac uh, is the senator for Senate District M., where he represents Huffman, O'Malley, Abbott Loop, Independence Park, East Dowling, areas of Anchorage. And um, uh, Senator Revac moved to Alaska in 2009 and was hired by Congressman Young, served as a congressman's military and veterans affairs liaison and advisor for six years. Senator Revac, thanks for calling in today. Well, thanks so much for having me. Uh, it's been a s- sad weekend for Alaska, and uh, and I just appreciate being able to have the opportunity to say, um, to, to talk about my friend and former boss. What stands out to you, and uh, what have you been thinking about the last few days? So, you know, the, the, it's amazing. I think um, I think that that every single Alaskan has been affected uh, by by Don Young, whether we realize it or not. And some, for some of us, for those who worked in his office, and I'm just one, uh, there's been so many um, who who have known him a lot longer than I have, uh, 
you know, he, he, he saw talent and people and he, he would bring us in. My whole life changed as a result of my experience in his office in ways that's hard to even explain. And, and there were so many others, uh, you know, we've been on, on the phone with several former staff and, um, and I think that, that, um, you know, it's really amazing. It's, it's unprecedented in a way, the way that he would bring us in and empower us and in our personal and professional development, uh, just means the world to me. I wouldn't be here without him and and we're just crushed. What, what do you think the big takeaways were for you after six years working for him and, you know, sort of at the start of your own political trajectory? The biggest takeaways were loyalty, work ethic. I mean, you couldn't work for two days in the office of Congressman Young without developing a deep-seated love for the state of Alaska and and the Alaskan people. Um, He just loved Alaska, and, uh, and, and those were the biggest takeaways. You know, I remember I started doing casework, and there was a time when I was brand new and I didn't really know what I was doing and, and he was there in the office and I asked him a question about, I'm trying to help an Alaskan for you, what should I do? And he leaned in and he said, you do what you believe for me uh, to help these Alaskans who need help. And, um, and, and it's just, um, you know, thinking back, it's, it's, um, he just had such a sense of, of duty and, and loyalty and service to Alaska and to all the people. I mean, I, I don't know. It's hard to even articulate uh, how he felt about that, but that, that very much um, impacted my life. Liz, you have a question. Oh, no, I just wanted to say for listeners, casework, in case it's not clear, is constituent service. It's a part of um, congressional offices that we don't often see unless we've got a personal issue. But um, I think the the staff at Young's office uh, was very well regarded in terms of, you know, going to bat for Alaskans who had trouble with, uh, I don't know, uh, military records, you know, VA records or, or Social Security checks missing or some kind of problem with the federal government, um, he, his, his office, I mean, all three offices, but his office in particular was well known for having, um, devoting a lot of resources and energy to constituent service. All right. Anything else, Senator Rivak? We appreciate your call today uh, before we let you go. I, he'll, he'll be very missed. Um, very, very missed, and thank you so much for honoring his life and, and legacy in this way, and I just very much be, appreciate uh, having the opportunity to share a little bit. Senator, um, this is Liz Ruskin. Uh, I wanted to ask you what it was like in a private encounter with him or I mean, in the office. I mean, was he as gruff and as larger than life um, when he would just talk to you in the office? He was the most authentic person I may have ever met in my life. He he would he would tell stories, um, uh, amazing stories, uh, historic stories that that, and he would tell it in a way that was so authentic and unique. It, it's really it's hard to articulate. Uh, all I could say is that he was the most authentic uh, um, authentic person. Um, that I've ever met, and he, he very much w- would love to to um, 
to, to tell stories about his past and his life. One that sticks out was when he was debating Henry Kissinger on Air Force One with Richard Nixon. That that <laughs> was early on in my time in his office, and he would and he would kind of he would kind of quip after he told the story. He said, "Oh yeah, and I and I won that debate." <laughs> Um, when he was new in office and he just, he, he just would fill the room. Uh, I think everybody knows that. I I just am so honored to have every moment as, as, um, as I'm sure so many others uh, have had those opportunities. Just such an honor. Well, thank you so much for calling in today, Senator Revac. That was Senator Josh Revac. Anchorage Republican. You can also join our conversation if you'd like. We're talking about Senate Congressman Don Young's legacy in Alaska, the late congressman who died on Friday. 1-800-478-8255 is the number statewide. 1-800-478-8255. The local number in Anchorage is 550-8422. 550-8422. You can email us, talk at alaskapublic.org. We should also, of course, acknowledge that he faced his fair share of controversy for his political actions as well as his colorful language. He was famous for his earmarks, which brought in millions, if not billions, of in federal funding to Alaska, but also drew criticism from people on both sides. Liz, what are some notable examples there? <laughs> well, uh, the so-called bridge to nowhere, he really wanted that bridge in uh, Ketchikan um, to uh, go to the airport and... Um, uh, national activists who didn't like earmarks um, attacked it and counted the number of people who live on Gravina Island and decided it was a worthless project. It was a expected to be a very large and you know spectacular project. That's one of the reasons I think he liked it so much. Um, and uh, you know they lampooned him. They lampooned the bridge. And really, it kind of brought down earmarks altogether for all these years. Um, they're just kind of making a tentative uh, step back now. But uh, I always think that Don Young watched Ted Stevens bring home all these earmarks for years and years and years. And then Don Young got to uh, chair the Transportation Committee, start bringing home earmarks himself. And then this bridge, he kind of brought down earmarking altogether. Together. I mean, it's that's an oversimplification, but you know, he was he was reaching big there. <laughs> uh, Michael, Michael Carey, how about yeah. you? Uh, stories about? Well, I, 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 I got a kick out of Senator Revex's um, memories of Don Young, especially the um, the story about Henry Kissinger. There is no story; it does not exist in which Don Young told a story in which somebody got the better of him. There is no such thing. Uh, there are stories that border on, as I explained to the Pope that day, uh, in which um, he sets the world straight. He did that many, many times. And some of the times he could do it with, with, with some pretty good humor. You know, he was seriously investigated, and Liz knows all about this, several times by the House of Representatives. And he made that famous comment, which Tom Keziah quoted and others have quoted about, I've been under a cloud so much I'm like Juno. Uh, it, it's just cloudy all the time. It's the weather, and I'm used to it. But there was a reason for that, and um, part of the reason was his closeness to lobbyists and his willingness to do things uh, for them. 
and um, there's a there in there are traditions in Congress about how that should be handled, and Don was a guy who was willing to go way up to the edge on that kind of thing. He didn't have a lot of use for federal law, federal regulation, or the ethics rules that applied to him. I don't, I don't think he really saw that as all that important. <laughs> Can I add one thing, Lori? Sure. Being a congressman, being the only representative of one state, Montana has it now, and Wyoming, I don't remember uh, if other states, Montana's getting another congressman person, but um, it is really, really a hard job. And we're going to find out just how hard it is because we're not going to have a Congress a member in the House of Representatives for five or six months. That's a long time. Yeah, yeah, and, absolutely. Um, I, I, you know, we don't have somebody in an adjoining district who can pick up the work and take care of it because they were interested in that district. They might use it in a statewide election. We're all out here by ourselves. Yes, um, there's, you know, there's going to be a lot of reporting and work to be done on that as we go forward about what that will look like. Um, also, you know, as we're talking about his legacy and his record, he was known also as someone willing to reach across the aisle when it made sense. Here's Representative Jared Huffman again, a Democrat from Northern California, talking about his relationship with Young. Don Young, for all of his theatrics and bluster, and, you know, Don kind of had this curmudgeon persona sometimes, certainly would say some uh, provocative and controversial things, sometimes for effect. Um, I, I just knew Don as a colleague and a friend, and he was a sweetheart. Uh, honestly, beneath all of that was this big teddy bear who was uh, a lot of fun to be around, uh, was a, a, a generous person, he had a great sense of humor. We fought like cats and dogs because I'm the guy spearheading, you know, a ban on drilling in the Arctic Refuge and protection of the Tongass and all sorts of things that he was not on board with. So, you know, by, <laughs> by most measures, uh, we should have hated each other, but we didn't. We actually uh, got along really well, and I'll miss him. Liz, this is particularly noteworthy in today's political climate, especially. What are some other examples of Young's bipartisan work that helped Alaska? Um, well, Huffman brought up the example that, oh, let me just say that Representative Huffman um, is, uh, was the latest in a long line of foils for Don Young on the House Resources Committee. There was George Miller, uh, Drawing a blank on the others, that uh, Peter DeFazio, um, there there were a, a long line of Democrats who um, represented more environmental interests and fought with Don very uh, Congressman Young very publicly, and um, that was uh, Representative Huffman lately. Um, but uh, one of the things that uh, Huffman brought up was salmon restoration. So they, you know, they fought about all these things like drilling in the refuge, but they could agree on on things like, you know, salmon restoration and, and fish management. And, and Huffman said that they were um, they had a handshake agreement ready to reauthorize the Magnuson-Stevens Act. Um, uh, Representative Huffman is the chairman of the subcommittee that's um, rewriting that bill, and he said they'd come to an agreement and were ready to go when um, the congressman passed away. And that hadn't been reauthorized in quite some time. Right. It's been pretty stalled for, for years. Um, 
So he you know, Michael Carey described there being many different Don Youngs over the years. And I've wondered, wasn't I've sort of wondered to myself, to what extent was it really the same Don Young all those years and the times changed around him? Mm. So when he was in the minority, he had to work with Democrats if he was going to get anything done. And he kept doing that. He kept doing that kind of bipartisan work, even when the House stopped doing that. so. Well, and uh, Michael, you should jump in here too. Ted Stevens yeah. was also known for being bipartisan. Do you think he influenced Young, or did they influence each other, or did they just realize that practically it's the way to get things done? If you if you want to move things forward, well, you're going to have to compromise. That that has to be the answer. That practically they they um, they need to get things done. Uh, Jerry Studs of Massachusetts was another. Democrat that he got along with for a period of time. Jerry got in a lot of trouble and was eventually forced to leave Congress. Um, not the same kind of trouble as Don, but uh, so the, and there are others we could we could cite. Uh, and it was in the first twenty years or close to it. I don't know the exact dates, but maybe Liz can remember. From about seventy three to ninety two, something like that. Don was in the minority, and that was the. Bob Michael was the Republican leader, and it looked like the Republican leaders were going to uh, be in the minority forever. So Don l- learned how to work in the minority, and he learned how to how to make friends in the majority. And uh, um, it was really, really important. And he had to do that. And there was who could he rely on in the House? The next Alaska House member, you know, even Nancy Pelosi is going to say, "Who's that?" She knows who Don Young was, and if Don Young called her up, I'm sure they could. He would. She would take his call, and they would have uh, conversations about what they needed to. Not every day. There were lots of things she couldn't do for him because he was a Republican. But this is going to be very, very different. Absolutely. We are going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll take more calls and talk more about the legacy of Congressman Don Young as Talk of Alaska continues statewide. Talk of Alaska is brought to you in part by your local public radio station. NEA Alaska is a professional education association representing over 11,000 of Alaska's dedicated public school employees. NEA Alaska members are united in their commitment to provide an excellent education for every student, regardless of background or zip code. Together, NEA Alaska members work with colleagues, parents, and their communities to build strong public schools that are productive, safe, and welcoming to all. Learn more at NEAalaska.org and help NEA Alaska reach, teach, and inspire all Alaska students. This message sponsored by NEA Alaska. Welcome back to Talk of Alaska. We're discussing Congressman Don Young, the late congressman's legacy, as he represented Alaska for the 49th state for 49 years. 1-800-478-8255 is the number statewide. If you'd like to join our conversation, if you have stories, memories, uh, an issue maybe that the congressman helped you with, 1-800-478-8255. 
in Anchorage. The local number is 550-8422, 550-8422. You can also email us, talk at alaskapublic.org. Michael, you wrote a lengthy piece about the congressman. Well, you wrote lots of pieces, but one in 2013 when he turned 80. Yeah. And then last fall in 2021, you wrote one that had a very different tone where you found him much more reasonable than in past writings. Talk, talk about that. What was going on there? I think that was the Michael Carey gives up column. Uh, when I said uh, I might vote for Don Young, or I might even said, I can't remember, did I say I'd probably vote for Don Young, or I was looking to vote for Don Young because of the situation where um, he's going to be, uh, at that point, I thought he would be reelected, and because he seemed more, um, far more of any of uh, more rational and reasonable than the uh, Trump Republicans. Now I'm sort of campaigning, and I didn't intend to do that, but uh, that was my reasoning at the time. <laughs> and, and my relationship with him got better over the years, um, when I, especially when I started doing public broadcasting, and I interviewed him a number of times on television, and all that went fine. Well, that's good. Let's go back to the phones uh, for a moment. Svaya, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, is in Anchorage. Hello. Uh, yes. Hi. Um, hello. Um, hi, I'm here. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yes, I, I wanted to comment on uh, on John Young. Um, I, I never met him, but in all the time I've lived in Alaska, which is almost 50 years, uh, he's been a constant presence, and uh, it was just so comforting to know that. But um, a few years ago, I, I happened to be the honorary consul for Lithuania, and I wrote a very long letter to um, Senator Murkowski, Senator Sullivan, and, Sen and Don Young, Congressman Young, about an issue uh, touching Lithuanian security and the U.S. involvement in it. And all three answered me. But I was most impressed with Don Young's reply because it wasn't a form letter. It was an individual response. It was obvious he had considered the issue carefully. It had been researched. He addressed it in a specific way. And I just remember being very, very impressed with it uh, because I know he'd been criticized in the past for uh, being absent a lot and not being there. But I think when he was there, he really did a very thorough job. And just two weeks ago today, I happened to participate in the Facebook uh, Take 5 um, event with Don Young, and he answered one of my questions, and I just feel very privileged to have had that contact with him just two weeks ago today, and he's definitely very missed here in Alaska, and I hope he will be remembered. Thank you. Thank you for the call, Svaya. We appreciate it. Uh, let's hear now from another one of his colleagues. Here's Republican Representative Liz Cheney from Wyoming remembering Congressman Young. You know, we have too many people on both sides who are, are sort of there for the publicity or, um, you know, to see how many likes they can get on social media. Um, but, but, you know, losing sight of actually getting things done. And um, and I think Don certainly never lost sight of that. He was absolutely committed to his constituents, absolutely committed to, um, you know, making that trip back and forth, which is not an, not an easy trip um, regularly so that uh, he would be able to be at home and be with his constituents. And 
Um, and I think, you know, among, among the many things we're all going to miss about Don, um, we will certainly not be as rich a place in terms of having, having his experience and wisdom and guidance for, um, for the newer members. I think um, people really on both sides of the aisle benefited from that. Liz, you mentioned being a student and visiting his office and getting a tour, but did you observe this type of mentoring by the congressman with others in the House? Many Alaskans have only seen sort of the one-dimensional view of him in news articles or doing during campaign events and didn't see him working in D.C. So what did you notice in his interactions with other members of Congress, especially new members? Well, I did usually see them in public when he was still cultivating his fearsome, you know, don't mess with Alaska image. Um, But as far as uh, what I saw of him... Um, I I just want to point out that he dressed differently in D.C. than he did back home. And I remember remember at some point being shocked that there he was in the halls of Congress wearing, you know, a dark suit and a normal tie. I thought he went in a Filson suit and a bolo tie. (laughs) And... (laughs) Uh, and I think that speaks a little bit to the difference between uh, who he was publicly and who he was behind the scenes. I know that um, other Congress members had good relationships with him, but um, what I mostly saw of those interactions were the ones that he was, you know, um, the Don Young show was a pretty good show, and he, like, you know, that's that was the version of it that I saw when he was talking to other Congress members. 1-800-478-8255 is the statewide number if you'd like to join our conversation about Congressman Don Young's legacy in the state. 1-800-478-8255. If you're in Anchorage, the local number is 550-8422. 550-8422. You can email us, talk at alaskapublic.org. Uh we did have an email about this very issue, and uh, I intended to ask about it, too. He could also be very aggressive. Uh, Liz, we tried to reach former Republican House Speaker John Boehner, but couldn't. <laughs> but uh, tell us about that interaction that involved Speaker Boehner, a knife, and then later a wedding. <laughs> oh, you know, I am not sure we ever got the full story here, but um, Speaker Boehner says that Don Young pulled a knife on him. I have to think that that was sort of in jest in some, to some degree because it didn't hurt their friendship any, and um, it wasn't too long after that that um, Speaker Boehner was the best man at uh, Don Young's second wedding that took place um, on uh, Congressman Young's 82nd birthday, and it was in a uh, a room off the off the rotunda. I think it was part. It's part of the um, offices of the Speaker of the House. Mm-hmm. Oh, is a, a a chapel off in the Capitol? Did he? I I've heard other people say that he carried that buck knife most of the time. Was that 
your Well, he never experience? pulled the knife on me, um, as angry as he sometimes was <laughs> with me. Uh, so I couldn't say, but sure, I would expect no less. Absolutely. Hmm. A guy might need to whittle some wood there in the, you know, you never know the hearing have, room. have uh, survival needs. <laughs> Need a knife. Uh, Michael Gary, yeah. he, Don Young was consistently voted one of the most effective members of Congress. Uh, what about him do you think made that happen? Was he savvy at picking great staff? Was it the respect and clout that he'd built up with members of Congress? And then we had an email about, you know, how that changed through the years and that loss of effectiveness. So talk a little bit about that trajectory. Well, the definition or vote on who's uh, the most um, effective members of Congress is sort of like who's doing the voting and who's making the decisions or who's you know, establishing the list. If the perspective was um, in good times that he got worked up the, the seniority system and was able to deliver um, um, uh, money, dollars, to Alaska through um, not just earmarks but various uh, agency appropriations, he certainly could do that and was proud to do it. Bringing home the bacon was his strong suit. And then, of course, later, uh, after the earmark scandal and some other trouble he got into, it just became a lot harder. There was a, And there became a lot more competition for the dollars, as there is now. The ADN headline on Sunday captured him well. Gruff, warm, combustible, shrewd. For 49 years, Don Young's ideology was Alaska. That was the headline. It seems that headline could have been written for Ted Stevens during his long tenure in the Senate. Liz, you covered both of them. How similar were their styles, and where were the big distinctions? Um, well, I, 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 Ted Stevens used to have this, you know, persona of the Hulk that supposedly he got angry and would, um, you know, just be furious. But actually, I felt like Senator Stevens' defining characteristic really was grumpiness as opposed to anger. Um, maybe some, you know, he was sad, depressed sometimes. But uh, in Don Young's case, it was more he'd get frustrated easily and and he'd get angry um and it he tried to say sometimes it was for effect or um that it was all part of his plan but i do think that sometimes he just was um you know he he was a bit of a hothead it, it wasn't his only characteristic. There was a lot more going on. As far as his effectiveness, though, I'd like to say that it was his old school willingness to um, work with Democrats, I think, that kind of uh, was the reason he passed a lot of bills where other people, the, um, you know, newer brand of especially of Republican uh, House members, I don't, you know, they don't get reelected because they're passing a lot of bills and getting a lot of things done for their districts. They're getting um, a lot of money pouring into their campaigns. I'm thinking of Marjorie Taylor Greene because they are, uh, you know, bomb throwers because they support former President Trump. And that is the reason that they uh, that's the base of their support. And 
Congressman Young still felt it was important to pass a lot of bills, and he 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 would uh, co-sponsor bills with Democrats if he thought it was in their interests, in his interests, in Alaska's interests, and he would do that. That's not that's not something that the newer brand of House members do. He was uh, part of the <clears throat> either cannabis or marijuana caucus. Oh yeah, he was definitely part of the cannabis caucus. He was the a founding member. I mm-hmm. think there were four of them at the beginning, and um, that was one of the funniest press conferences I ever attended. Um, but uh, yeah, he said he didn't smoke it himself, but he knew that his uh, constituents had voted to legalize it, and he um, felt that he needed to. Uh, try to make federal laws less onerous for cannabis businesses Be- because people voted in favor of it. So he was going to do what the constituents want- um, said they wanted. Yeah, let's go back to the phones for a moment. Dave is in Anchorage. Hi, Dave. Good day. Hello. Hello, hello. Did you have a story you wanted to share? Oh, I just wanted to express an observation of Don at the D2 hearings. And he was such an amazing contrast. Could not have been greater to Morris Udall. Don seemed to be like a yellow jacket, just dodging back and forth between the, the two hearings. And just seemed like his whole ammo was just to stir up trouble. And he, he just was cringeworthy. I remember thinking. <laughs> In what capacity were you there watching? Oh, we were just hoping to see the D2 lands uh, protected in a conservation-y sort of way. Uh, the, the other contrast was with Emil Naughty. You couldn't believe that someone as gracious and eloquent and kind as Emil Naughty could have lost it just did not seem right. It was a harbinger of things to come, I think. That was in the first election, in the special election in 73. Yes. Yeah. Well, Dave, thank you for the call and those observations. We need to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll continue with remembrances of Congressman Don Young on Talk of Alaska. Talk of Alaska is brought to you in part by your local public radio station. People who smoke or have smoking-related conditions like lung and heart disease are more likely to get seriously ill from COVID-19. Not using any tobacco or e-cigarette products is one of the best ways to keep your immune system strong, ready to fight all kinds of viruses. If you decide to quit, help is available. Call Alaska's Tobacco Quit Line at 1-800-QUIT-NOW or text READY to 200-400 to get the support you need to quit for good. This message sponsored by Alaska's Tobacco Quit Line. 
Alaska's unique approach to mental health funding is improving the lives of Alaskans who experience behavioral health conditions and developmental disabilities. The Alaska Mental Health Trust Authority has a responsibility to generate revenue from its one million acres of land and the resources they contain. The trust uses this revenue to help fund statewide programs and initiatives that positively impact trust beneficiaries. To learn more, visit alaskamentalhealthtrust.org. This message sponsored by the Alaska Mental Health Trust. Welcome back to Talk of Alaska. We are discussing Congressman Don Young's 49-year legacy as the sole representative for Alaska. Congressman Young died on Friday. The statewide number to call if you'd like to join our conversation today about his legacy is 1-800-478-8255. That's 1-800-478-8255. In Anchorage, the local number is 550-8422, 550-8422. You can also email us, talk at alaskapublic.org. Let's go back to the phones again. Uh, we were talking earlier about how he would do large and small things for constituents and uh Liz, maybe you can set this up a little bit. We have Ben on the line from Coldfoot. Oh, yeah. I just saw Ben uh, on Twitter telling a story, and so I gave him a call, and he just has a story about Don Young showing up in Coldfoot one day. <laughs> Hi, Ben. Hi. Thank you for having me. Yeah, well, I'd love to hear the story. So we... We, we saw that somebody was showing up in our hotel named Don Young, made the reservation under his own name, wasn't sure if it was going to be him, but obviously the, you know, the Don Young walked in the door, pretty hard to miss. Um, and he was just, he was a person, he was exactly who you would have thought he was going to be from the second he walked in the door. He came in, he tried to pay for his hotel room with his government congressionally issued credit card. And he couldn't get it to work for the life of him. So he's on the phone and he's yelling at his staff, when I'm, on, you know, when I'm traveling, I need my card to work. And he's yelling at various other people. And finally, we got that worked out. And, you know, he gets over that and he, he sits in the middle of our cafe and he's eating a cold foot dinner buffet. And, you know, switches to the other side of Don Young where he's, where he's holding court. Basically, and, you know, he's glad handing and everybody in Coldfoot is pretty busy. He's coming up to him and, you know, thanking him. We're just taking pictures with him and introducing him. He's, you know, just being the most the most charming uh, charming guy you, you could imagine, you know, talking about all, all different kinds of things. So here at Coldfoot, we run, a, we run a contract postal unit. We run our own post office. Um, but we use stamps to send everything. So we use stamps to send, you know, all of our packages. We don't have a meter. And we're allowed to have $600 worth of stamps. And at that point, we had just had not gotten them in months. It had been impossible to get out of the Fairbanks post office. We were down to like $20, you know, in, in five and one cent stamps. You know, so I walked to the congressman and I, I said, hey, you know, we've got this. I know you're from the interior. Um, you know, we've got this we've got this issue that we have with this post office. People here run, they run small businesses. This is our only way to ship stuff out. Is there any way you can help us with that? And, you know, he didn't have any staffers with him. It was just him him and his wife. He wasn't taking notes or anything. He said, yeah, you know, that's that's something we can do. I'm going to have my chief of staff call you. His chief of staff called me the next day. And so our, our limit here in, in Colford, we were allowed to have about $600 in stamps. Two days later after Don Young showed up, um, $3,000 worth of stamps showed up in Colford. Uh, <laughs> 
So, <laughs> wow. That'll he can be make enough. stamps appear. That's how much power he had. Our gracious guest has talked about all his, his time in, um, in Fort Yukon and, and told me about his, his plans for re-election, that you know, people, if anybody wanted his seat, they were going to have to take it. Um, and I just got to sit there and listen for a while. And uh, the congressman and I had totally, totally opposite totally opposite politics but you know after after sitting there and talking to him for for a good while i really really was kind of enamored with him it was it was he was just quite a force so that's that's my that's my little don young story all right ben well thank you so much for that call um you know we've had a, a few emails from folks who are not happy with us because they think we're painting too rosy a picture of the congressman's life michael uh Give us a little reality check about um, some of the things that, you know, we also need to remember in the full picture of Don Young's career. Well, um, I was just thinking of one here. Let's uh, let's take an example. Uh, when it comes to storytelling, uh, listening to Don Young explain global warming was quite mm-hmm. an experience or climate change. And uh, he did, did not... Uh, deny that there was such a thing as climate change, but he, he explained to me and to others and publicly that it was all cyclical or silical, sometimes he called it, and then um, he would talk to you about the, um, the Ice Age of the Middle Ages, and this was, I mean, he may have read some magazine story about this, but he, 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 he made it up, essentially. This was an issue he completely missed and said, you know, if it's going to cost one Alaskan a job to do anything about climate change, I'm not going to do anything about it. On the other hand, if he could find, find some way to turn that into money for some place in Alaska to study or do something about climate change, he would have done that. I mean, if, if you're looking, and there were other issues that um, I guess sort of <clears throat> time had passed him by in some respects, and uh, you know, we're doing a, a show that is a summary of, of try to do in an hour of, of Don's career. And uh, if it's warts and all, the, the public should remember the people who don't like Don, that he wasn't all warts. That's an important thing to remember. Yes, absolutely. Thank you for that. Um, in our final couple of minutes here, I was hoping to play one more clip from uh, Representative Huffman as he was describing uh, we don't have time for that, but we are going to hear from, we started out with Representative Young. We're going to end with Representative Young. Uh, Representative Huffman was talking about when uh, Nancy Pelosi was sworn in after the 2020 election, and he said there was a big ceremony, and Kevin McCarthy was uncharacteristically, as the minority leader, partisan in his remarks. He Huffman says... McCarthy said some very combative things that were out of step with the moment, out of step with every one of those swearing-in ceremonies he'd ever been a part of. And the only other person that could speak was Don Young because he was the dean of the House. So uh, we have talked about the congressman's ability to bring political leaders together. An example of that was during that tension after the 2020 election. And um, Representative Young... Uh, got up and uh, had some things to say before he uh, did the swearing-in of Pelosi. Madam Speaker, before I issue the oath, I'd like to take privilege of the floor as the dean. I've been in this house longer than anybody else. I've served with you longer than anybody else has served with you. 
I love this institution. I will be honest, I do not like what I see. It's time we hold hands and talk to one another. <clears throat> and Madam Speaker, I say this with all sincerity, you will be the Speaker of the House, not of a party. That may hurt some of you. The job of our nation is for the House of Representatives to govern this nation. It was never meant to be the executive branch. It was never meant to be the judicial branch. It's this House that raises the money and dedicates how it shall spend, and we are representing the people as we're elected. And I say this with all sincerity, Madam Speaker, that when you do have a problem or if there's something so contentious, let's sit down and have a drink. <laughs> and solve those problems for the good of this nation, for this institution, and as you said, for the future children of this great nation. We can do it as a body. I ask you that as the dean to the new speaker. I ask you to try to attempt to do that with our leader. We can do it together. Words calling for decorum, respect, and cooperation from the late congressman, who could certainly be very gruff, but also clearly care deeply about our state and our nation. And that bit of, uh, of audio really stuck with me because it was a very divisive uh, time in Washington. And uh, those were words that were needed. Liz, your final thoughts before we ride out of here today? Oh, just that uh, there was a lot of applause for him there, but that was about January 3 of 2021 and uh, just ahead of January 6. And um, it, there was not a lot of hand-holding there for a while. Very true. Michael, thank you so much for being with us today, too. You're welcome. Glad to do it. All right, and thank you all for listening today, for your calls and comments as we discuss the legacy of Congressman Don Young, who represented Alaska for 49 years. There will be a special election now to replace him uh, for the rest of his term, and then another election for starting in January. Um, we'll have more information about that as we find out the dates from the governor as to when that special election will be held. Thanks for joining us today. Our engineer is Tobin Shelby. Our producer is Adeline Baxter on the phones and social media. Kavitha George helped us out. I'm Lori Townsend. We'll be back next week. Thanks for listening.
Talk of Alaska is a production of Alaska Public Media, which is solely responsible for its content. Views expressed are those of the participants and not necessarily those of Alaska Public Media, this station, or its underwriters. Today's program is available online at alaskapublic.org. This is Alaska Public Media. Thank you.